Hallelujah. Awesome, awesome, awesome. You guys can be seated. Welcome to Rev City Church. For those of you joining us online, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to join us on whatever platform you joined us on this morning. We are so glad that you are here. How are you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Come on. Yes, 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 I am excited as well. I want to share before we get into the message this morning that last week uh, we had a, our new members lunch and we had some people that joined with us. A, a lot of them are probably in uh, Next Steps. We had our first week of Next Steps this week. But if you are in here and you are a part of our new members lunch, would you raise your hand for me, please, real quick? Is anybody in here this morning? Yes, would you guys stand up for me, please? D just real quick. We're not, you know, we're not going to call you out or anything like that. But listen. We had, yeah, man, come on. Thank you so much. We had 51 adults uh, and 14 children, a total of 65 people that were included in 38 families that were a part of our, our lunch last week. Man, isn't that awesome? God is so faithful to continually add to his house uh, as he leads. And so thank you so much for being a part of that. Uh, lunch. We hope that you enjoyed it, and you can join uh, Next Steps. Even if you haven't attended the lunch, you can be at Next Steps. Uh, well, the next uh, three weeks will be in uh, to this week and the two more weeks in uh, the Fellowship Hall at 9 a.m., and you're more than welcome to join any time to be a part of that incredible class. And I say it's incredible, one, because I'll be teaching it next two weeks. So anyway, <laughs> I want to continue the series, We Are at War, and if you have your Bibles with you, would you open to the book of Philippians chapter 4? And we're going to start there this morning. We have a lot of scripture to get through, so I need you to listen fast, okay? And so just do me that favor. Let's pray and we'll get started this morning with God's word. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity that we have to worship you, uh, to, to praise you, and that, Father, you inhabit the praises of your people. And we now pray, Holy Spirit, that you would move among us this morning. And that the word that goes forth, Lord God, would be a good seed sown in fertile soil to accomplish exactly what you have for it to accomplish in each one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Okay, I just was reminded of something. If you're here this morning, I just want to ask a question. It may not even be for this service. I didn't get clarity on that. But uh, as I was praying, I was, woke up this morning early. And um, is there anybody here in transition that feels transition coming? Would you raise your hands for me real quick? Okay. Oh, wow, a lot of people. Awesome. Transition, transition, transition. Man, thank you so much for being obedient to raise your hands for me. You can put them down now. I just want to give you an encouragement this morning. Uh, what, I, what I saw in my dream is uh, like you were on a bicycle and you were pedaling on, in a bicycle, but it was like you were pedaling in mud. And the vehicle that you were on, the bike that you were on, uh, was, there was something broken. There was a mechanism that was wrong with the bike. And so um, you got off of the bike and you said, I need a new vehicle. And immediately the Lord said, get ready for an upgrade. The transition that you're going through may be difficult, it may be hard, and you may feel like you're stuck in the mud, but God is going to upgrade you in this season. And he's going to give you a new vehicle that's going to get you to the place that you need to get to. Amen? So I hope that blesses you this morning. hope that you receive that. This morning, it's what God put on my heart, and Cage triggered me when he was uh, leading worship this morning to, to remember that word. So uh, let me pray for you, for those of you in transition. Father God, for those that are in transition this morning, and through whatever difficulty they're going through, whatever obstacle that might be in front of them, whatever vehicle might be causing problems, Lord God, I just declare upgrade over them in Jesus' name. 
that you would uh, remove the old and bring in the new, Lord God. And the latter would be greater than the former. There would be just a great upgrade this season for their lives, Lord God. Be a God of ever-present help. Be a God of comfort, Lord God, in this transition. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I want to talk about how the report we believe for our lives should never be tied to the news or the circumstances we receive from the world around us. In the midst of spiritual battle, remember the title of the series, This Means War, we need to remember, we believe the report of the Lord. Amen? I need you to respond with me. Amen? Okay, yes. The scriptures say it's already written. Our plans, our hope, and our future have already been written out by God. So we can't be moved by the circumstances and the things that surround us every day. We can't be moved by those things. Those things are going to happen. We're moved by the word of the Lord because he has uh, his plans for us. Philippians 4, verse 8 and 9 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely and whatever is commendable, If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. You see, in times of spiritual battle, a good report can be hard to find. Receiving bad news is one of the quickest ways to begin to experience anxiety, to, to, to be confronted with uh, anger and depression. It's no surprise that many of, us, many of us may resonate with those emotions when bad news comes, whether at work, whether at home, whether at school, whatever comes our way. It's hard because no matter where you turn today in the world, bad news is easy to find. Every one of us faces challenges. And those challenges become normalized in a world where there's always bad news available to us. Yet we have to see through the lens of hope. And I know it can be tough. But listen, the scripture that we just read was written by the Apostle Paul while he was in a prison cell. And in that prison cell, he said, focus our minds on things that are good, no matter how bad the things are around you. Ask yourself, what would it look like to live a life without the negative responses to bad news? What would it look like not to embrace anxiety or fear or depression or anger? What would it look like not to be moved by the circumstances around you in a negative way, but instead be moved by the promises of God, the promises that he's already written? Listen to this. Psalm 112, verses 6 and 7 says this. This is the Tree of Life version, by the way. Surely, speaking of the believer, he will never be shaken. The righteous are remembered forever. He is not afraid of bad news. His heart is steadfast, trusting in Adonai. When the spiritual battle comes to your doorstep, it's up to you the report that you choose to believe. We just read the scripture. The Lord, Adonai, declares that God's righteous people will never be shaken. 
It is written. That word shaken there means not to deviate off the course that you were on. I gave a prophetic, shared a prophetic encouragement earlier that you're, you're going, you're in transition, you're moving in a direction because God is doing something in your life. Despite the vehicle and despite the fact that you're going through the mud, do not be moved by the circumstances. God is taking you somewhere. Don't get lost in that. It is written that you will not be shaken. <laughs> you're going to get it. I'm believing in faith. Before we get there, you're going you're to be with me. Listen, it doesn't say that you or I will never receive a bad report or bad news. It says we're not going to be shaken. In other words, we're not going to deviate from the course that God has us on. We trust in the Lord. We don't give in to fear. We don't allow depression to linger. We don't operate by anger. We need to remember who we are and whom we belong to. We are sons. We are daughters of the Most High God. A people declared righteous by his son, Jesus Christ. We have the ability within us to brave any adversity because we trust and our hope is placed in a Savior who is matchless, who is perfection, who has accomplished all. Listen, in good news and in bad news, the report we believe is more important than the news that we hear. Now, I said we're going to read a lot of scripture, and here we go. Numbers 13. The Lord's speaking to Moses, and he said, Send men out to spy the land of Canaan, which I'm giving, listen to me, which I'm giving to the people of Israel. That is the word of the Lord. He said, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the people of Israel. Remember that. From each tribe of their fathers you shall send men, every one a chief among them. So there was going to be 12. So Moses sent them from the wilderness of Paran, according to the command of the Lord, all of the men who were heads of the people of Israel. Look at verse 17 in the same chapter. Moses sent them to spy the land of Canaan, and he said to them, go up into the Negev and go up into the hill country. See what the land is and whether the people who dwell in there are strong or weak, whether they are few or many, and whether the land that they dwell in is good or bad, and whether the cities they draw uh, that, they, uh, that they dwell in are camps or strongholds, or whether the land is rich or poor, or whether there's tree or, in it or not. Listen to this. Be of good courage and bring some fruit of the land. He was hated expectation, Moses did. Go tell me what it looks like, but by the way, bring me some fruit because I'm hungry. Now was the time, the season of the first ripe grapes. Now skip down to verse 23. And they came to the valley of Eshcol and cut down there a branch with a single cluster of grapes, and they carried it on a pole between the two of them. Can you imagine a single cluster of grapes so large that they had to carry it on a pole? That's, that, that, that's, that's big fruit, guys. That's big grapes. <laughs> they also brought with them some pomegranates and figs. Verse 25. And at the end of the 40 days, they returned from spying out the land, and they came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation and the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and Kadesh. 
They brought back word to them to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Can you imagine that? Look at these freaking big grapes. Okay. And they told them, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Now, let me stop right there for a moment. The promise of the Lord was that he was giving his people that land, a land that was flowing with milk and honey. It was the promised land. Everything that he had spoken was true. The report of the Lord had been verified. But look at verse 28. This is the people speaking again. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negev. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the hill country. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the Jordan. In other words, God, we know what you said, but there are giants in the land. There's opposition in the land. Do you see the difference? God gave them a word, and they saw the fruit of God's word, but they chose to focus on the giants and the opposition. In other words, we know what you said, God, but they're big. They're big giants. They're against us. Thankfully, out of the 12, there were two men who chose to believe God's report and what he had already spoken. Numbers 13, 30 says, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up and occupy for we are able to overcome it. Verse 31, the men who had gone up with him said, we're not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we are. So they brought the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land that we, we had gone to spy out, it's a land that devours its inhabitants. You see what they started doing? They started adding to the story. It, they, they devour, they're devourers now. And the people we saw are in great height. And we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who come from the Nephilim. And we seem to ourselves like grasshoppers, as so we seem to them. And then all the congregations, this is what a bad report does. It pollutes everything. The entire congregation raised a loud cry and the people wept that night and the people of Israel grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole congregation said to them, oh, would we have died in the land of Egypt? Or would we have died in this wilderness? Why is the Lord bringing us out into this land to fall by the sword? Our wives and our little ones will become prey. Would it not be better for us to go back to Egypt, they said to one another. Let's choose another leader. Let's go back to Egypt. Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly. And the congregation of Israel and Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, who were among those who had spied out the land, they tore their clothes and said to all the congregation, the land which we passed through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land that flows with milk and honey. Only do not 
rebel against the Lord. And do not fear the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their protection is removed from them, and the Lord is with us. Do not fear them. Then all the congregation said to, the, to stone them with stones. But the glory of the Lord appeared at the tent of the meeting to all the people of Israel. Now, did you catch what happened in verse 9? Only do not rebel against the Lord. Because you see, to give in to fear over the word of the Lord was looked at as a revolt, a rebellion against God. So much so that these people were willing to go back in bondage to Pharaoh, to die in Egypt. They would rather die in Egypt in bondage than to follow the word of the Lord to a promise that he'd already made to them. That's a revolt. Moses asked his men to expect Canaan to size up the situation. Listen, not to size themselves up. Did you catch that? He went and said, go and check out the land. Look at the land. Is it large? Is it big? Is it fortified? Is it, well, you know, all those things. Has it got fruit? Does it have not fruit? Is it rich? Is it poor? He didn't go over there and say, hey, go see if we can take this. Go check yourselves out against that. You know why? Because Moses already had the word of the Lord. He said, we're going. Just go tell me what it looks like. Oh, and by the way, bring me some fruit. But what they, what the, mo the majority of that group went and said, it's like, man, we, we're grasshoppers. They're going to devour us. We're so small compared to them. Ten of the spies returned with bad news of how strong the enemy was. Yet Moses chose to believe the good report of two men, Joshua and Caleb. Essentially, Moses made the decision by saying, I don't have to have good news to believe a good report because I've got faith. And faith will turn a bad news into good news. Just like fear can turn good things into bad things. Joshua, one of the men, uh, one of the two men who issued the good report of Canaan, would later, when he became uh, the leader after Moses uh, had died, and God put him into position, and he was time for him to send spies out, he only sent two. <laughs> he learned, right? <laughs> He sent two people to scout out, the, scout out the land of Jericho and because he knew firsthand the effect that too many bad reports can have. Listen, we need to surround ourselves with people who can help us interpret bad news into a good report. People that can have faith with us to believe the promises of God are going to be filled because of what Jesus has done for us. Amen. Matthew 4 says it this way, speaking of Jesus. Now listen, if Jesus is gonna go through stuff, we know that we're gonna go through stuff, right? He says in his word, in this world you're gonna have trouble, but take heart, I've overcome the world, am I right? Okay, so look at Matthew. We're gonna see Jesus going through some stuff. Matthew 4. Then Jesus was led up uh, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. 
Then the devil took him up to the holy city and sent him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you and on their hands they will bear you up lest you strike your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him up on a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and all their glory. And he said to him, all of this I will give to you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and we're ministering to him. Jesus said that exact phrase, it is written, multiple times while he's being tempted by the enemy. He anchored himself to the unfailing promises written within the word of God and overcame. And that's what we are called to do. Again, there's going to be bad things that happen. In this world, we will have trouble. But what are you anchored to? What moves you? Is it the circumstances? Is it the trouble that you're facing? Is it the obstacle that is in your way? Or is it the word of God? You have to be able to come against whatever obstacle is. Remember Pastor Thomas said it in this series. The gates of hell will not prevail. Whatever obstacle it is, whether it's the gates of hell themselves... They will not stop the word of God, but you have to anchor yourself to that word. Listen, the devil has written the script of how he wants to derail you, to keep you from your destiny in God. I promise you it's full of bad news, it's full of temptation, it's full of failures because he wants to confirm his permanently negative report over your life. He comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He is a liar and the father of lies. However, we have access to the word of God anytime, day or night. You can pull out your phone and open the Bible and the word is right there. No matter what he throws at you, you can come out with it. No, no, no. Oh, oh, oh. I got my Apple phone. No, I don't. I've got my iPad. I'm geared up. There is no weapon formed against you that will prosper. It's the what is written in the, word, in the Lord's word right here. The word of God is what stands. All else is sinking sand. We have the promises of God available to us. Our report is always good through Jesus Christ. His promises are always yes and amen. Did you know that the word gospel literally means good news? Our Savior Jesus is himself good news. When he was hanging on the cross, breathing his last breath, he cried out, it is finished. And what could have seemed like the worst news in his life actually became our greatest report and the greatest report the world would ever receive. 
His death and his resurrection paid the debt of sin that we owed, placed us into right standing with God the Father. It created a way for goodness and mercy to be released in our life through forgiveness so that we can embrace that forgiveness, so that we can walk in new freedom of life and that we can accomplish the purpose and the callings of God that he has on our life. Look at this scripture here, Psalm 23, verse six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It's written. That's a promise for each and every one of us in this room. For all of you there online, that's a promise for you. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow you all the days of your life. And you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. When the bad stuff happens, okay, I get it. Bad stuff, but oh, listen, goodness and mercy are following right behind. We need to see that within the Word of God, it is written. The promises of God, his goodness, his mercy, his forgiveness, his grace, his blessing, his favor. It is written in his word of God. And it follows us wherever we go. No matter the reports that scream otherwise. No matter what news comes into your life, our stories have already been written by a more infinitely powerful, loving God. Amen? Amen? Stand up with me if you would. I want to spend some time here ministering before we close up. Worship team, you guys can come on out. I began the message speaking of three areas um, that we often experience emotionally when we encounter a bad report. The first one I said was anxiety. How many are battling anxiety right now? All over this room. And anxiety is basically fruit off of a tree with the root, and its root is fear, okay? And so we, we, wanna, we wanna lay an ax to the root today, amen? amen. <laughs> Who wants to be set free from fear and anxiety? Come on, man, I know I do for sure. This is the promise of the word of God. Proverbs 12, 25, and I don't give you the scriptures, don't worry about that back there, but anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down. When you're feeling anxiety and fear's coming in, you, you, there's a weight that's placed on you by the enemy, a yoke of bondage that will weigh you down. But this one says, but a good word makes him glad. And here's your word. God did not give you a spirit of fear. He gave you power, love, and a sound mind. And you need to anchor yourself to that word. And when that anxiety comes, because the enemy's, he, he, you know, he's tenacious. Remember, this is war. 
He's coming at you because he knows he wants to be. If you're weighed down, you're ineffective. You're less effective than you would be without that weight on you. Okay, it slows you down. So when he's putting that anxiety and that fear on you, he says, no, 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 I, I, I reject anxiety in Jesus' name. God did not give me a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Here's another one. God is love. And God's perfect love cast out all fear. So God, right now, I feel, I'm feeling anxious, feel a little fearful. Would you fill me right now with your perfect love? Because I know when you fill me with your perfect love, all fear has to leave. Those of you who are battling anxiety, I'm going to pray over you real quickly. Just lift your hands up for me. Father God, those of you online, just right where you're at, there in your home, just lift up your hands. It's okay. You're just, just putting yourself in a posture of receiving is all. It's, it's an act of surrender. It's also a funnel. <laughs> Father God, these people, you see them, your sons and your daughters. You know those that are online that have been battling anxiety. They've been battling fear. Father, where we bind a spirit of fear in Jesus' name over their lives. That there would be no weapon of fear or anxiety that would be formed against them that would prosper in Jesus' name. We break that yoke of bondage over their lives right now in Jesus' name. Broken in Jesus' name by the blood of Jesus and by the authority of that blood, we break that fear and that anxiety in Jesus' name. You have no place. Father, you've given them power. You've given them love and a power and a love and a self-control and a sound mind, Lord God. You've given it to them. Your word says that your perfect love cast out all fear. Would you feel them right now? Their hands are lifted to you, lifted to heaven, Lord God, to be filled with your perfect love. Fill them, Lord God. Fill them to overflowing. If you're here this morning and you're, you're battling depression, the spirit, uh, the word of God calls it heaviness. If you're battling any kind of heaviness or depression, would you just raise your hands for me there just so I know who I'm praying with. Come on. There's no shame, man. No shame, no condemnation, no guilt, none of that stuff. Not allowed here. All over this room. You online, if you're battling that, it's okay. The word of God says he is never present help in our time of need. And he puts his countenance upon us to give us peace and to give us his grace to shine upon us. But Isaiah 61 says this, he also gives us a garment of praise instead of that faint spirit, that heavy spirit, that depressive spirit. And the thing about a garment is only useful when you put it on. So when that heaviness comes, when you feel depressed, you need to change your garments. You need to begin to put on praise. You need to begin to throw on some music or begin to even just declare. I've had people tell me, Eddie, I've said this, I don't feel like praising right now. What is there to praise him for in that state of mind? And I had my wife, my lovely wife, tell me, just thank him that you're breathing right now. 
And so that's how I would begin. God, thank you that I'm taking a breath right now. Then I'd open my eyes and look at her, see if she'd left the room, and she'd say, no, now thank you for the kids. I said, God, thank you for my kids. They're awesome. I'd look at her again. She said, thank you, for, thank you for your beautiful wife. Oh, yeah, yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for my beautiful wife. And then all of a sudden, it'd be like, and thank you for my family. And thank you for my church. And thank you, Lord God, for this house. And thank you, Lord God, for your grace and your mercy. And thank you, Lord God, for your forgiveness. And, th- and all of a sudden, I was praising God. And that spirit of heaviness left because of an, and an atmosphere of praise. The enemy can't stand it. So for those here this morning that are battling that spirit of depression, that spirit of heaviness, would you begin now in your own words? Just thank him for the breath that he's given you right now. Just tell him right there, God, thank you that I'm breathing. Tell him, thank you, God. The enemy tried to take me out, but I'm still here. Begin to praise him for your family. Praise him for this church because we love you and your life matters. You matter. You're important to us and you're important to God. We need you. We need you in this place. God has a plan for you to give you a future and a hope. He's not done with you yet. Last one here, if you're battling anger, you get frustrated easily, maybe you're biting people's heads off. Don't poke your neighbor, don't poke your neighbor. But if you're battling anger, would you just raise your hands up for me? I wanna know who I'm praying for, there you go. Come on, it's all right. No shame. Again, no shame. Those of you online, if you're battling anger, I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> I got two people, people both, both hands, legs, you know, all that. I get it. <laughs> Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and do not sin. Listen, anger's not the problem. It's when you allow it to cause you to sin. Be angry, but don't sin. But here's what you do. You give that anger to God. God, I'm angry. There's something inside of me. And listen to this, Ephesians 4.31. Let all bitterness, let all wrath, let all anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. You got to put that anger away. Here's the remedy. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted. And here's the most important one, forgive. Forgive one another as Christ has forgiven you. When anger comes along and you can catch it, you can. Say, God, I'm, I'm putting anger away. I'm pushing it aside. And whoever made me angry, whatever situation caused me to be angry, Lord God, I forgive that person. I forgive that situation. 
God, I release forgiveness. And God, now I choose as an act of my will to bless them. And God, I appropriate the gifts of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit. Help me to have self-control. Give me love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness. Now, I've had people tell me, well, I'll never forgive that person for what they did. I'm imploring you, don't ever say that. Okay? Because what you're, what you're saying really is, I choose to be in bondage for the rest of my life. And nobody wants that. I know it's difficult. But listen, God through his son Jesus Christ forgave us. So we ought to forgive. Amen? Father God, for everyone who's battling anger and frustration, Lord God, you see those hands that are lifted to you, Father God. I pray, Father God, they would learn to put those things away from them. That they would choose kindness, tenderheartedness, and they would choose to forgive as they have been forgiven. Fill them with love, with joy, with peace, with patience, with kindness, with goodness, with gentleness, with faithfulness, and self-control. Thank you, Father, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord God, for helping them to begin to walk free of anger that leads to sin. If you're here this morning and this is a message that ministered to you and perhaps even as you listen to the message, you realize, you know what, I'm, I'm far from God. I've, I've never surrendered my life to God. It is written that today is the day of salvation. If you're here this morning, if you're there online, if you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, his spirit is here. And today is the day for you to receive salvation. He stands at the door and knock. And all you have to do is open that door and let him in. So if with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you'd like to surrender your life, maybe for the first time or maybe you're what the Bible calls a prodigal, you're coming back to the Lord, would you raise your hand so I can pray with you? If you're there online, on Rev City TV, you can uh, just click on, I, I'm raising my hand, or you can put up the hand up emoji saying that you're surrendering your life. Thank you so much. I see those hands there. I'm going to ask you now, everybody in the, in the room, just to, to join me in prayer. And we're going to partner with these hands that have been raised, those online as well. And we're just going to pray a simple prayer of surrendering our life to Jesus Christ once again. So he can become the Savior that he was sent on earth to become. Repeat after me. Father God. I recognize my need for a Savior. I know that there is sin in my life, and I repent of that sin, and I surrender my life to Jesus Christ. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for cleansing me that I might become a son and a daughter of God. Thank you, Lord, that I will never be the same today. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord a clap offering this morning?
Listen, it is written. God's word speaks a better word. Let's worship the Lord this morning. We'll be closing here in a second.